I'm going to talk about the secret of happiness. And uh, if you Google or if you go to YouTube, you will find, uh, I'm pretty sure, hundreds of videos and blogs about or podcasts about how to be happy. The world has a lots and lots and uh, suggestions as to what can make a man's life, a person's life, a human life happy. But I am not going to talk about those things, but I'm just going to talk about what the Bible says that the uh, Bible offers for us to lead very happy, contented life. Before I go into the passage, I should uh, talk about a bit, little bit of ground clearing, clearing the ground for us to have a grip on what we are going to talk about. There are three aspects to human life. This may not be applicable to animals, but only to human beings. The three things or three aspects of human life are one, needs, and the second thing is wants, W-A-N-T-S, in case my pronunciation is not clear. And the third is greed. These are the things that drive the human life. Needs, wants and then greed. These are the driving forces. What are needs? The needs can be classified into a lot of uh, types. We all have, see, just give you some uh, examples. We all have physiological needs, our body needs. For example, all of us need food. We need water. We need clothing. We need a shelter. All these are physiological needs, needs of the body, you can put it that way. We also have esteem needs. That means we need to be respected. We are looking for respect. We are looking for love. We are looking for acceptance. So that is our need, basic need to be accepted uh, by others, to be respected by others, to be loved by others. That is our need. We also have emotional needs. All of us are looking for friends. We want to relate with people. No relational matters. We want to be intimate with somebody. We cannot be intimate with everybody in the world. But we are actually looking for, there is an urge, there is a hunger, there is a need for us, for us that we have. We are looking for somebody to be intimate. We want somebody to be close to us. A friendship. We are looking for connections. All these are our needs. These needs are very essential for our survival. Without meeting these needs, these needs have to be met. Then only we can survive. We need <coughs> otherwise. For example, if you don't meet these needs, it may lead to death. For example, if you don't get food and water, we may die. Or we may get diseases. Sometimes when we don't have relational needs met, we don't have a friend, we don't have somebody to cry, a shoulder to cry over, when we have nobody to go to and in times of trouble, and, and when we need, really need some emotional support, it can lead to psychological problems, dysfunctions in uh, our psychological dysfunctions. So these needs are very, <coughs> very important. Needs are essential for our survival. And without, with this, as the, these are not met, it may lead to destruction. Destruction of relationship, even self-destruction, our own destruction, death, disease, insecurity, and all that. But the other aspect, wants, are altogether different. Wants are result from our desires, our longings. These are what we call wants. If these wants are not met, these are very different from needs. When the needs are met, we are happy. We have reason to be happy. But wants are just the longing of our hearts. I want that, I want this, I want that, I want to be like that, I want that somebody will be like this, 
these are my desires so wants are driven by our desires and moreover wants are also expression of our unhappiness i just bought this mobile and then i re- realized that there is something better than that which if i put some another 10000 rupees i could have had it so i have a desire to have that but my need is met by this this thing but it is not very stylish or uh, if i had 10 more thousand rupees i could have bought something else because i was unhappy with what i have so when <coughs> see uh, it is not fulfilled when our wants are not fulfilled when wants driven by our desires are not fulfilled it leads automatically to disappointment and to unhappiness why many people are unhappy because they have wants beyond their needs sometimes they are not essential for our survival these wants are not essential for our survival needs are quintessential for survival without meeting the needs we may not even function or we may not even exist non essential wants are non essential sometimes we will betray ourselves De- sorry i should say deceive ourselves because some of our needs can be distorted for example food is a basic need we need all all of us need food at least two times or some people say just one time is enough there are people who are going on a one time diet like i think steve jobs did uh, sometimes back so some people are advising that one meal a day is fine for us but this need for food can be distorted to gluttony eat more and more and binge eating wherever you go turn you eat something and it can now there is a new label some people say i am a foodie foodie means that i like food i like to go to restaurants and try new recipe and post it on the instagram and now during the lockdown since they cannot go to the frequent the restaurants they get it they get the pictures from uh, uh, pixabay or uh, pexels or free stock photographs and post it because they they love food social acceptance is a need we need to be accepted by society we cannot be hated by people we cannot be isolated by the society by our family members it will be very painful to be hated by our own family members by our own uh, in our workplace to be alone to be lonely we need to be accepted that's a need but the same urge can be distorted for a hunger for popularity i want to be popular so i will do whatever i i can i could do in order to be popular it can also be manifested as a megalomania that is a feeling that i am the great i am the, the great i am so being feeling more important i mean the self importance now we all need the sense the need of belonging but that need can be distorted a want and that will relation that will lead to unhealthy illegal relationships some people have multiple relationships why because this very basic need of human beings emotional or relational need of human beings is distorted and by our desires by our wants so that people have unfaithful relationship illegal illicit relationship multiple relationships and all that and wants makes us unhappy now the third thing is greed greed i don't want to explain anything more about that greed is a intensive form of wants it's a intensive form so it's the hunger for more and more more than what i need more than what i require to be happy or to survive that is greed greed leads people and obviously greed leads to unhappiness with this some sort of ground clearing background i would like to come to the word of god where does god come in all this picture 
this long lecture that a pastor gave about happiness and needs and wants and uh, uh, greed and all that if you had some training in psychology as a teacher or as a counselor or even as a leader or you might have come acro- across the hierarchy of needs by psychologist called abraham maslow and what i said so far was simply a simplified version of his uh, thinking uh, thought on the hierarchy of needs or a modified version first truth that we should know is this god wants us to be happy god wants all his children to be happy he doesn't want us to be sad we don't want he don't want us to be grumpy he don't want us to be uh, sorrowful he wants us to be happy <coughs> that's what there are two promises i would like to guarantee uh, to point out the first is philippians chapter 4 verse 19 which reads philippians chapter 4 verse 19 and my god will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in christ jesus if you have a printed bible or if you can highlight underline that word every need that's a promise of god and i'll read it again and my god will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in christ jesus a minute ago i said to be happy we need all our needs to be met there are lots of unfortunate people in this world who doesn't have the needs their needs are not met they want food to survive but they don't have famine is a reality even in our modern world and there are many many countries where people are dying of famine their needs are not met but here the word of god says and my god will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in christ jesus so god guarantees our happiness by meeting all our needs again matthew chapter 7 what does it say matthew chapter 7 7 to 8 it says ask and it will be given to you that's important thing it will be given to you seek you will find knock and it will be open to you and verse 8 says for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened again this is a guarantee from god to his children that he will meet all our needs to make us happy basic needs our physiological needs food water shelter nourishment so that we can somehow survive that is guaranteed relational needs yes god makes the widow and the uh, uh, dwell with children in the families that's a promise of god emotional needs the word of god says rejoice rejoice and again i say rejoice they are few weeks back i was talking about the joy of the lord the joy of salvation the joyful christian life have you forgotten that short uh, rather long sermon of joyful christian living because he is considered he is concerned about our emotional life he don't want to live in sorrow and sadness 
even in moments of sorrow there is an overriding joy that god guarantees he guarantees our survival in this passage itself he says matthew 7 9 to 10 what does it say no one of if if you ask bread the heavenly father will you give bread two items of food are mentioned and if you ask for fish no snake but fish will be given you know bread and fish made the staple diet in jesus's time in palestine you remember when jesus uh, multi uh, fed the 5000 people or even the 4000 people later on another another occasion Je- the what he supplied or what he provided was bread and fish and that was the staple diet in those days because they had this huge uh, lake called uh, galilee and bread is made at home and the fish and bread made the uh, staple diet that is guaranteed now just like uh, rice and dal chapati and dal or sab chapati and some basic sabji in our days in 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 our context so jesus god guarantees that you will have bread but he is not guaranteeing ice creams every uh, three times a day he is not offering us uh, bread and uh, fish with uh, dark forest or something as these are the luxuries that i know it may be very mean and basic uh, you may know better things and that is not what he is guaranteeing he is guaranteeing i will provide you with bread and fish but definitely he is giving more than that we know that so all the basic things will be met all our needs will be met why because unless our needs are met we will not be happy unless our needs are met we will not even survive so god the great good father the father of lights he makes sure that we are happy and the third aspect of god's promise is that he guarantees us good things very good things 7 11 matthew chapter 7 11 what did he say jesus said if you then you are evil know how to give good foods to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him have you thought about what are good what what is good for you what does that word mean some words are so common and popular and we use those words without even thinking about their meaning what is good what is a good apple or if you say that apple is not good that fruit is not good or something is not good what do you mean by that what we mean by the idea the idea of goodness or being good is this that it is fit for the purpose for which it is made an apple is supposed to be eaten but an apple which is bad the inside is rotten which you cannot eat you say it's a bad apple it's not good because a apple is supposed to be eaten it is supposed to give nutrition nutrition but if it is not good for that if it is not fit for that we say it is not good that use that concept all in all other senses god will meet our needs definitely but a further guarantee by god is this that he guarantees that whatever he gives us will meet the purpose for which it is made it will not be harmful when we ask for fish god will not give us a fish like snake which may bite you and which is not good for eating when we ask for bread god will not give us a bread like rock which you can't eat he will give us only now when we ask for a house which is a need it is good that either own or get a house on rent which you can afford that's a human need a basic need there is no compromise god doesn't want us to live on the street open to the elements to the cold and the rain and the sun 
It's God's desire that we should all have a roof over our head and a floor to sleep. But when God gives us that, it could be owned, it could be rented, it could be shared. I'm just giving an illustration. But at the same time, when God gives us whatever the humble dwelling that he gives us, it is definitely, it will be a livable space. It will not have leaking roofs. When he provides us food, it will not be stale food that we cannot eat. It will not be stinging food. When he gives us clothes, the guarantee is that the clothes he gives us will be good. Good for the purpose. Is it covering our nakedness? Protection from the cold? It will not be torn clothes. That's guaranteed. That's what the word of God says. And that's how God meeting all our needs in every possible way that you can imagine, God makes us happy by meeting all our needs. According to Philippians chapter 4.19, His riches in glory. We need to worry only when God goes bankrupt. If there is a time when God will have not a penny in his bank, then the human race has reason to worry. But that never happens. God, the owner of this whole universe, the, 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 uh, the bulls on the thousand hills, he never goes bankrupt. Now, there are some warnings. Why? In order to remain happy the way God has designed us, we should be careful to avoid certain things. The number one, avoid wants. Being in a mode of always asking for more, us desiring for more, whether it is the wants or the intensified form of wants which we call greed. To be always in want, always longing for something, a constant urge for more is a state of unhappiness by default. The word of God wants very, very powerfully. James chapter 4 verse 3. You ask and do not receive. You ask God. Implication is you ask or you pray and you don't receive because you ask wrongly. You ask the wrong things to spend it on your passions. On our own carnal desires. So because of that, wants are bad because wants comes out of a state of unhappiness, first of all. And even if all the wants are met, slash greed is met, are met, still we'll be unhappy because the desire, as long as the desire for more is still there, we'll be wanting more. And we will never have enough to satisfy us. It is like pouring water into a hot pan. The pan is red hot. And you pour a glass of water into that red hot pan, which is still on the stove. Some human lives are like that. We have unquenchable desire and wants. And whatever we pour into it will, within a minute, within a second, split second, will evaporate and disappear. It's not the will of God. It is from our carnal desires, like a red hot pan. That pan is hot, very unhappy, unsatisfied, desiring for more. And how much water you can pour while it is still on heat? It asks for more. That's the first thing. It says to be happy in the Lord. 
to be happy in the lord get rid of this desire which keeps us in a mode of constant want constant unhappiness a second reason is that this mode of being in want always leads to unhappiness not only in ourselves but around us also we will be spreading unhappiness those who are in want constant want asking for more water and more water more things and living in that sort of a unhappy disappointed frustrated way they will be happy in themselves but they will also be spreading unhappiness james highlights that truth in chapter 4 verses 1 to 2 james chapter 4 verses 1 to 2 what causes quarrels and causes fights among you is it not this that your passions are at war within you the passions the carnal desires are conflicting you desire and do not have so you murder you covet and you cannot obtain so you fight and quarrel you do not have because you do not ask next verse says even when you ask you don't get it because you are asking for your wants not for your needs the conflict in society why is that there is a rat race for success there are constant conflicts in workplaces because people want more they put people down they try to please others they they polish apple for their boss and finally get enslaved under his under him or enslaved to him there are conflicts in families there is violence even intolerance slandering all that happens because we are the, our wants are conflicting we can't fulfill our wants unless we have deprived somebody of something that they need some sort of exploitation some sort of manipulation some sort of something has to happen in order to satisfy our wants and it creates disharmony in the families disharmony in relationships prob conflicts in society and even conflict in the churches in congregations why wants ungodly wants beyond the needs leads to conflicts more unhappiness that we spread around a third problem or third warning or third part of the warning is living in next state of constant want longing asking for more and more and more never to be satisfied with our needs being met by a kind and merciful god is a spiritual tragedy too because the unanswered prayers will mount and we will be our spiritual life will be crushed under the weight of the heap of unanswered prayers where does joy come from one reason for joy is when our prayers are answered do you have a right habit of writing prayer prayer journals which i had suggested many many times i had said you should keep a record of your prayer requests now we have introduced prayer mate as well and many of you are doing that i'll i'll make an announcement at the end of that about it keep a notebook if you can if you are just uh, very if you are not very techno savvy just keep a notebook and pray and this go to if you have a journal i'm just talking about that if you have a journal have you gone through the answered prayers i have even this morning i did i prayed for healing god has healed me i have prayed for this and that and that god has provided and those things looking at the things that god has provided the answer to prayers brings a joy which you can't describe 
That's a joy in the presence of the Lord that my God has answered my prayers. But James chapter 4 verse 3 says that there could be unanswered prayers. Some prayers God will not even answer. God doesn't want to hear that prayers. What are those prayers? The wrong prayers. What we ask God to provide so that we can make or spend in our passions. James 4.3 You ask and do not receive because you ask wrong things to spend it on your passions more than our needs. It's very So what happens is that a huge heap of unanswered prayers because we prayed for the wrong things. And then looking at that mountain of unanswered prayers makes our heart grow cold towards God. Ungrateful. We don't feel a spiritual motivation to follow God anymore because we think that God is cruel. God is not concerned about us. God doesn't care. God cares. God loves. But we have asked for snakes and stones instead of bread and fish. That is why. And looking at that, we get dispirited. If anyone preached that all our prayers will be answered, that is wrong. They are, they are deceiving. Let me just give you one example. Um, there are personal examples, but from, from the Bible. One day, while Jesus was preaching, a young man came to Jesus. There is no thing bad about him. He was definitely a good man, it looks like. And he came to Jesus, In I'm reading from Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 13 to 15. Luke's Gospel, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 13, 14 and 15. And when they were, Jesus was preaching, telling good stories and parables and all that, a man who is rather rich came to him, teacher, and his request was this, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So, Jesus told him, that was a prayer. That was a prayer. Jesus was healing uh, the demon, the, the demon possessed, he was giving sight to the blind, he is making the lame walk, he is making the dead rise. Why not? Just, just a word. Just put up a word with my brother to divide the property with me, inheritance with me. But Jesus said no. Jesus said, man, he didn't even call him son or brother or uncle or auntie or something. Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator, arbitrator over you? And he said to him, he said, I'm not going to get involved in that business. You have enough. All your needs are met. You have, you seems to have property. And you have one more which your brother has to divide, uh, leave, uh, give to you. Legitimate, definitely. But he said, no, I am not actually worried about that sort of things. He said, take care. Be on your guard against all covetousness. That's another word for greed. That's another word for uh, wants, ungodly wants. To have more. Jesus said very clearly, very clearly, I will not honor that prayer because one's life, he continued to say, does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Put it in another way. What Jesus said is this, you don't have to have a lot to be happy. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer, and some of you may know it by heart. What did he say? Give us our daily bread. No. Did he say, give us bread every day? 
No, this is prayer that we pray every day that give me the bread for today. Daily bread. Bread for the day. And tomorrow, we'll pray again bread for the day. See, these are the three things that we talk about now. That is the need. We have needs and all the needs have to be met, whichever way it is. Whether it is physiological needs, relational needs, belonging, social need, self-esteem, whatever needs that we have, that has to be met in order to be happy. Wants and greeds will lead us to, will put us in a situation of permanent unhappiness. We should avoid it. Word of God says you have to avoid that situation, scenario of being in a default state by where we are wanting more, longing for more, greeding, if there is a verb like that, greeding for more. But God guarantees all our needs will be met. Now, that's the secret of happiness. Psychologists would say that all human, for a person to be self-actualized, to be fulfilled, to be happy, his or her needs be met. And the word of God says that is true. But at the same time, the father of lies, our God, guarantees that all our needs will be met. And he will not honor our prayer or our desire to have more. Now, before I conclude, I want to talk about three, three scenarios. Okay. Just take an estimate of your... I'm not asking you to make an assessment of your net worth. Just make a rough, quick math. What you have and what are your needs? Just make an estimate, quickly. You don't have to count the figures or, uh, um, or anything like that. Now, there could be three scenarios. One, you don't have your needs, sorry, your, what you have is less than what you need. Your needs exceed what you have. For example, you need a house for your family and you to be secure. But you don't have a house, either rented, owned or shared. You don't have a roof on your, you, you sleep in the, in the, in, in, on the street. If that's the case, could be. Food and medicine. You don't have enough food. Food is your need, medicine is your need. But what you have is less than your need. You cannot afford food and medicine. Relationship, for example. You don't have enough friends, good people around you. So your need is high and what you have is less. It could be anything like that. Maybe self-esteem. You feel depressed, you feel unworthy, useless. You have a psychological need. What you have, the esteem is not enough for you to get up in the morning and do what you want to do, what you have to do. There is a deficiency of what you have because it's what you have is less than what you need. The word of God says, in that situation, Matthew's Gospel chapter 7, which we read many times now, if you are in that situation, the word of God encourages, go through that chapter again, the encourages to knock, to seek and to ask. If you are in such a situation, suppose you are sharing a house because you cannot afford to rent or own a house and you are constantly being, uh, uh, what I am saying, uh, looked down upon by the people, and you don't feel, we don't feel secure there, you are intimidated, start seeking. Start asking God. Start knocking. 
Use all the possibilities. And God says in the same passage, Jesus guarantees. You, those who seek will find. Those who knock, that will be open for you. And those who ask will be given. Many people live in depravity, in a deficiency, because they haven't asked, they haven't knocked, they haven't sought. That's how we become happy in the Lord. Because we have God make sure that all our needs are met. There could be a situation, the opposite situation. You have more than what you need. Or before I go into that, let me talk about another one. What you have is sufficient for your need. Day by day, all your needs are met. You are secure, you feel safe, you are joyful, you have good relationships, you are mentally think you are not seeking for popularity unnecessarily. Nobody needs to massage your ego every day. You can manage on your own. You are self-motivated and uh, you are respected. You are accepted. Then you are happy. But that's a time when you have to thank God. Being joyful. Joyful. Remove the wants and griefs. Proverbs 17.22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine. That is, that is what you call the one medicine that, that's for all, all sickness. A joyful heart. You have every reason to be joyful. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And this is a state of contentment. Contentment is being happy with what you have. And being happy, glad. And Paul wrote to Timothy, a young man, a young bishop, a young pastor, and he said, But godliness with great with contentment is great gain. At the end of the day, you are balancing your profit and loss. But if you lived your life with contentment, then that's a great gain in our spiritual life. But now let's look at the profit. And loss sheet. Okay. Now verse 7 says. We brought nothing into the world. Even the diapers that we wore. At birth in the nursery. We didn't bring it. We came naked. The breast milk which we drank. Was freely provided. The oxygen definitely. So we, what, what is your income? What is, oh sorry, what is your capital for living in this world? Capital investment? Zero. And we cannot take anything from this world. You cannot expatriate your profit to the other side of the grave. Then, now, now balance everything. Profit or loss? If you know simple basic maths, you will know. It's profit altogether. Then worry. Then why worry? If it is profit altogether, then why worry? Live with contentment. That is the secret of happiness. God has provided all that we have. Do you have food on the table? You have clothes to wear? Shoes on your feet? Good air to breathe? People who love you, accept you, and people whom you can love and care for. That's enough. That's the secret of happiness. A second, oh sorry, third scenario is when you have more than your need. That is the state of most of us. God, not only we ask for daily bread, but God asks us, Weekly or monthly or yearly better. Isn't it? That's not, am I exaggerating? No. In my case it is. And um, I know, looking at the screen, I can say that is true of, I should say, all of us. 
some of us have bread for the century too not only daily bread so what should we do in such a situation spread the cheer make others happy others there may be others who are not that happy as you are they may not have a reason to be happy whatever the reasons are generosity give give some away make others happy keeping will rot whatever we keep will rot decay worms will gather god provides i'm not saying that you should sell everything that you have i'm not saying that you should write a check keep what keep three or four pairs of clothes and some provision for the month and sell all your shares and debentures and uh, all that i'm not saying that what i am saying is the the surplus that we have at least some of it use it to make others happy because god might have given you more than what you need so that through you the needs of others may be met so they will be also be happy and james comes with a warning in james chapter 4 5 he says he says whatever we keep your riches have rotted and your garments have moth eaten now the garments precious garments that we keep for special occasions the things that we bought the suits and sarees and shoes that we bought before the coronavirus and lockdown i haven't used my leather shoes for a while because there is no place to wear i'm not wearing a tie as i used to always wear in the church i don't know what my ties are there must be some fungus on it fungi on it i hope cockroach haven't eaten my ties and my shirt and all that because we are now in a living in a situation whether i wear a shorts under this shirt whether i am on a hawaii chapel to the church and preaching doesn't matter now because you are not only seeing shoulder up and that may be gathering dust so and um, not only after covid also whatever we keep more than we need will spoil so better get rid of it and give to good good causes in conclusion knowing that i might have confused a lot of people i just want to make a few clarifications pastor the first question number course possible first question is personal aspiration wrong i want to become a famous scientist i want to become a wealthy person i mean i want to become a, a first in my class or i want to be the best employee in my organization is that bad is that ungodly not at all because this is simply a need a need to use your full potential if i my potential is 100 points and if i'm only using 50 points of that that's bad using my full potential and to be what i want to be or what god wants me to be is not bad but doing that by stepping on the shoulders of others or exploiting others is bad when it is bad when you are aspiring for something that we are not supposed to be that is greed but using the full potential is not bad but but moreover that is expected of us so personal ambitions are not to be the best student i want everybody in the church to be best student students everybody to be the best employees 
in their organizations. And God's desire is that we are best husbands and wives and sons and daughters and also good church members to each other, good brothers and sisters in the household of God. That's not bad. So personal ambitions or trying to uh, uh, to fulfill or using our potential is not bad at all. That is expected of us. The another question will be, is wealth creation wrong thing? That is saving, creating some wealth. Is that bad? No. <laughs> it's a need. It's a need. Because, see, I am earning now and all of us are earning now. A few of us are retired. All of us are earning now. And there may be a time when we will not be able to earn. We will not be job, jobless. We will not be able to, uh, em, will not be employed. We may become weak. And creating wealth for our own security is not bad. But as long as it is by the right means. You know, of Jesus' favorite topics, the first one was kingdom of God. And the second one, if you go through the Bible, notice when his second most important teaching was on money. How to use money. So God doesn't want us to be unwise. Spend everything and have nothing when and live at the mercy of others. No. Creating wealth, not only creating wealth is a need, personal need, it's a social need too. We cannot we have to make this country wealthy. We have to eradicate poverty unless all of us contribute to the, the national wealth this country will live in constant perennial poverty so we have a social need we have a national uh, responsibility and I can apply see for example work Okay, look at a scenario like this my father has a pension my mother also has a pension and they have left a huge deposit investment in the banks and all that I need is a monthly dividend from it to live. So I don't want to work anymore. No, that's not true. As far, that is not right. Working is a need. Your psychological need, your social need. It is maximizing our potential, using our potential. So you cannot be lazy. Nobody can be. The word of God is firmly against laziness, idleness. So we have to work even when we have. Now you can apply this to all aspects of life. So, but make sure. And I want to conclude with this one or two things. Take away from today's sermon. We need, we have needs and needs have to be met to be happy. And the word of God, God guarantees that all our needs will be met. In case, if there are someone where their needs are not met, the God, God of the Bible encourages us to ask and knock and to seek and guarantees that it will be given. Thirdly, it, to be happy in Jesus, to, happy in, uh, to be a happy believer, follower of Christ, shun wants and its intensified form of greed because they come with inbuilt dangers. They come with inbuilt dangers. It is not a path to holiness. It is not a path to happiness. May God bless us.